Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I hope you are all well, insha'Allah. Uh, in today's episode, uh, we have a, a really, really interesting one coming up. Uh, mainly because you would have probably uh, heard of or watched a film uh, in the recent months, uh, which is known as One Day in the Haram. Uh, and this is an amazing film and that's exactly what we're going to speak about today but we've actually we're fortunate enough uh, to have the award-winning director and filmmaker the man behind it who usually actually is behind the camera but today we've got him on the screen on the camera to discuss more about not just one day in the haram but exciting news also we've got a new film coming out inshallah one night in al-aqsa I'm super excited. I'm super pumped. We have with us Brother Abrar. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Very well. Thank you, Brother. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for joining us. No, uh, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Alhamdulillah. Like we said, um, you're always behind the camera. So yeah. <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to finally uh, speak to, to you directly and find out more about these films, uh, which we would have seen, especially one day in the Haram, of course. Um, you know what? I was actually, I just, I remember watching it, right? And... Um, there was the one scene where the Imam he's slowly walking to the Haram to, to lead the Salah, and then you know when he says Allahu Akbar and he starts reciting Fatiha. I just remember watching it, and like literally the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up, and I was just it was just such a even though I've been there, I've been, so I've been to the Haram about five times. Mashallah, I've been there for Umrah. I haven't been for Hajj, but I've been there for Umrah about five times now. But even then, after watching the film, it just takes you back there. Brings back all the emotions. And it was my favorite Imam, Sheikh Bandar Balila as well, mm -hmm. who led the Salah. So it just brought everything, all those memories back. It's just such an amazing experience. So well done, honestly, with the success uh, of that film. May Allah bless you even more. Um, and it's not just a film that's for people who have been there, but it's, it's an educational uh, film, we could say, as well. Um, for people who haven't been there and for even non-Muslims as well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's one thing I really like. So we're going we're gonna to talk more about it. Um, but my first question is, right, uh, this is a big project. Like, this is no joke to go no. and film one day in the Haram, right? That's huge. It's not like I'm just taking my camera, I'm going to vlog a day in the Haram. This is, this is like behind the scenes. How, how did you manage to do that? Like, because it's not easy to, to, to land something like that. How, how did you do it? What was the process? I mean, um, you know, Alhamdulillah, all, all praises to Allah. I mean, um, it's really difficult when someone asks a question like that because you know <laughs> when we was actually going through it yeah it was such a, a surreal experience mm. it didn't feel like it was going to happen okay uh, for the longest time uh i actually thought well they're not going to let us do this yeah. you know we were going in there and we was asking them for things that no one had ever even asked them for mm. before you know is asking them to open all the departments of the haram give us access to all the employees of the haram you know um this level of access it, it just it was something alien to them they couldn't quite yeah. understand why what does he want to do with all this access yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was just um you know talking and explaining to all the different departments and just continuously meeting people knocking on doors getting rejections knocking yeah. on more doors getting rejections knocking on more doors um we just had a really good intention for what mm. we was going to do i had a had a really really strong belief that it was going to be something positive and it's going to be good i mean yeah. one really interesting thing is you know um 
obviously it took eight months to get those permissions oh, uh, okay. and so that eight months we spent the majority of that time in and around uh, Makkah um, so obviously we was praying in the haram you know yeah, all the yeah. time and I'd make you know uh, when I did my dua the, the, after the salahs at the haram you know mm. we do the regular dua for, you know, for my family for my yeah, health yeah. and you know for, for the Syrians and the Palestinians you know, we do all the normal duas and then just right at the end I'll do a special dua for the film the funny thing is that the dua for the film it wasn't it wasn't like that kind of dua where I was saying, Ya Allah, please, you know, let this film happen. It wasn't anything like that. I was literally like to Allah um, in my dua that, Ya Allah, if this is going to be something good yeah. for the Muslims, if it's going to be something good for Islam, then let me have it. And and if mm-hmm. it's not, you know, keep it away from me. And I was just so relaxed and comfortable there. Yeah. Um, it was, Makkah is a surreal place, you know. You can't uh-huh. explain things that happen in Makkah uh, when you come outside of that bubble, outside uh-huh. of the, the, the Haramein. It feels different, but when you're in the Haramain, the the belief that everything is ordained by Allah is just so strong. They mm. just made me feel so comfortable because I, I, you know, it's it's uh, as people often say that, you know, if um, Allah hasn't ordained something for you, it doesn't matter even yeah. if it's between your lips, you're not going to have it. You know, mm. so so I was completely comfortable just thinking on this level. And uh, Alhamdulillah, thanks to the grace and the will of Allah, uh, He made it easy for us and and gave us the the necessary permissions. Yeah. Um, if I was gonna. If I was going to credit one person for for helping open those doors, then then certainly I think from when Sheikh Sadez got involved in the project and and you know when we 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 managed to get the audience yeah. with Sheikh Sadez when we pitched him and he liked the idea. Really, from there things were were, were much no smoother, much easier for us. Yeah, all the doors opened from wow. from that point. I thought, yeah. I thought you know what when you when you just mentioned that I thought you were going to credit your friend or something, Sheikh Sadez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I a... mean you know it took a lot of uh, our friends, our contacts yeah. in the in the Haramein especially in the in uh Ariasa in the Haramein media department uh to 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 get us in front of yeah. Sheikh Sadez you know they said no you really for this level they believed in it and they said for, for this level of of project you really need to to, to speak to the main main person mm. so once we did and you know it was really funny actually I'll share a funny story with you um mm. when we'd uh, uh gone in there we met the Sheikh and you know Mashallah is very very nice and you know we we pitched the project and explained yeah. him what it was going to be and you know it's going to be one day in the home it's about the workers and we're going to go through the five prayers and it's all going to be in one day and, and things like this and all he really said was i like it and he said this in arabic someone translated okay, okay. for me said, yeah i like it it's good it's good like this that's and, and it, that's yeah. that's literally all he said he didn't say he didn't sign anything he yeah. didn't say yeah make it like this he didn't say anything um but once he left the room all his little AIDS, they came to us straight away and they said, what do you want? Okay, what do you wow. need? Well, we're we're going to make this happen for you. So, alhamdulillah, I say just... If you need, if you need so, something done, you go to him, yeah? <laughs> yeah, so I think if you need something done in the Haramein, then go to That's him, it. yeah. That's yeah, it. Well, he is the main imam there. And, yeah. um, but it's, it's just amazing because obviously you went there not like a... You weren't like a big, big media oh. organizational channel. You weren't like the BBC turning yeah. up. You know, just a few individuals with a vision, yeah. right? What was your vision going into it? Yeah, I think actually you just you touched on a very good point there. Mm. The fact that the BBC have been there uh, okay. to Makkah yeah, and, yeah. and National Geographic have been there and made a film yeah. there as well. They didn't get anywhere near the level of access wow. we got. And I think it, it probably worked in our favour that we weren't with a big organisation, that ah, we were small, okay. you know, independents going in there and saying, look, this is our vision, this is what we, we mm. want to do. Um, you know, um, the actually, I spoke to one of my contacts at BBC on returning to the UK, and I, I showed them a cut of the, yeah. the film, and they were, they were just amazed. They were like, <laughs> how did you get this? Here's another funny thing. I just remembering as you're talking, yeah. um, while we were filming <clears throat> the film, mm. uh, we were going to the different departments, and, and we're filming the head head guy at these departments, and literally... Mm. 
people within the departments were saying they're looking at our cameras, our cameras and our drones and our dollies and all the big equipment we bought there. Yeah. And they were saying, how did you get this permission? <laughs> like even they were amazed. Even the people working yeah. with it were amazed that they had been authorized. They had been, you know, allowed uh, to happen. But alhamdulillah, say blessings of Allah. It's, uh, it's really a, you know, a film that, that if I'm honest, it's just changed my life. So alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely most grateful about it. And, and I, I pray that we did it justice, you know. Yeah, inshallah. Um, you know, so so coming back so coming back to it then in terms of um, your overall like the vision, like was it was it I want to you know I've been to Mecca, I want to share that experience with other people. Was it I want to educate people about what the Haram is all about? Like, what, what what would you say was the purpose, the vision behind this? I think the real the real purpose behind it was that yes, we wanted to do something positive for Islam, mm. something that would show. The beauty of Islam, yeah. show what a beautiful religion it was. You know, obviously, we all know how misrepresented it is in the yeah. media on occasion. So it was, it was definitely something to combat that, mm. and and you know that's been the ethos of my career from from the last ten years, not not just now. Um, so that was definitely something. But really, I think the key motivation for making one day in the Haram was for all those millions of Muslims around the world who never got the opportunity to go to Mecca. Yeah. That was the that was the thing, and and, and when we're talking about people who have hardships, people who can't literally can't financially can't afford to go mm. to Makkah or don't have the opportunity to go to Makkah, haven't been invited, you know, we're actually going as far as to think about the Rohingya in the, in the camps, you know, we're thinking about the, the Syrian refugees. Mm. These, these people will, will unlikely, uh, I mean, they can't even get to a cinema, let alone, you know, to, yeah, to Makkah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like something that is far from them, you know. Mm. So really we're thinking about these people and we're thinking to really to create some kind of immersive experience that would be the next best thing for them. You know, to mm. give them just a, a taste, a feel of, of how it would be. Uh, and, you know, and for the people who were around the world who did have the opportunity but hadn't been just to increase their intention to for them to make an intention to see this film and make an intention to go to Mecca. Uh, you know, so I think we succeeded in that because yeah, many yeah. people, alhamdulillah, from the feedback told me that we watched your film and it made us want to go to Mecca. Mm. Um, but, you know, the most positive, I, I think, feedback that really, you know, was, was part of the aims was that people said that you, the film made them feel like they were in Mecca. It made it made you know people who'd been been already. It yeah. said they just brought the memories back so strongly that it felt like we were there, like a real immersive mm -hmm. experience. So, alhamdulillah, we did aim to do that, uh, and alhamdulillah, from the feedback, it seems like we succeeded. So. Uh, like I say, uh, I keep saying just alhamdulillah, blessings of Allah, because really there's no other way to explain yeah, what yeah. happened. I can't explain it myself because, you know, uh, you know, you can imagine the situation and you know what Saudis are <laughs> yeah. like. Um, a British Muslim, British Pakistani Muslim to go there and get this level of permission is just unheard of. It's just it it, this kind of thing doesn't happen. And and when I calculate everything in my head, you know, go over how it how the <clears> process went. It's impossible to attribute it to anything else other than the will of Allah. Allah made this happen mm. because I honestly, I don't think me or my team were capable of doing this. You know, you mentioned your team, by the way. So how big would this team would have been? Yeah, the, the Haram team actually was, was quite big because, you know, it's a very strenuous yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Haram is very big. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, there's like, uh, I think it was 77 different departments or okay, something yeah, like yeah. that, or over 70 different departments. And we wanted to make sure we covered each one yeah. we wanted to make sure we'd researched each one and, and put the ones in the film that were most mm. you know came across best in film so we needed quite a big uh, kind of a production team for that um, and also once we developed the shot lists and the things the scenes we wanted to film we realized that okay uh, we're gonna need like definitely two separate camera crews to do this two sets of uh, you know sound teams and you know, then we had the the drone operators, and we had the runners, and we had the uh, the the production manager, and we had mm. probably all in all, there was around twenty of us uh, who were on the crew uh, every mm. day there. But plus to that, 
remember the Riyasa Haramain were also with us. So there were 10 from there as well. So oh, around okay. 10 people from there who were, you know, whenever the police or the security would come, would, would show them the permissions yeah, yeah, and yeah. speak in Arabic to them and, and, you know, make sure everything stayed smooth. Um, so altogether, when we were moving through the Haram, it was a real sight because there were 30 of us wow. with equipment just moving as a unit through the Haram. It was really amazing, subhanAllah. It was uh, an amazing experience, yeah. No, no I, thought, I, I was thinking much less than that, yeah. you know. Uh, though, though, you know, when, to, you know, in hindsight, thinking about it, it's, it's such a huge project. You would need that number. Yeah. But obviously, when you just when you watch these films, you know, you don't think about the the, the effort that goes mm. behind the yeah. scenes. You don't yeah. think about how many people you need. Because mm. even when I think of like, you know, you, you're a director yourself, you're a filmmaker. Um, when it comes to actually creating a film, like you said, you you, you had a list of all the different shots you wanted. Mm. That was actually a question I was going to ask because when you're creating a film, is it that you just kind of go in? record as much footage as possible and mm. then sieve it out and say, okay, this is what we want in the film. Or is it like, you know, the the shots that are now in the film, whether it's this one, whether it's the upcoming ones, is that exactly how you wanted it? Is Are those the shots that you yeah. planned beforehand? Yeah. How does it work? What's what's that process yeah. even before you start filming? Alhamdulillah, like? I think uh, with filmmaking, it's like um, you plan. Okay. And you plan and plan and plan. And, and to very, you know, with the Haram, we planned it to minute detail, yeah. uh, depending on the, <clears throat> the, the, the time. Because, you know, our film was set across the five prayers. So certain yeah, scenes yeah. Were, were timed to where the position of the sun would be over the Haram at that time, mm. uh, you know. Um, so we planned these things in minute detail. And, and a lot of the shots that are in One Day in the Haram were already sketched out. Like we knew we was going to get those shots. You know, I had this shot, okay, I'm going to take this shot like this. So the yeah. camera angle is going to be like this. You know, we did that. But, uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, it's like, on days in the harem, those plans would just go completely out of the window because yeah. suddenly something would happen, which meant that an area that we'd planned to be in, yeah. a plan to shoot in, suddenly became unavailable to us because the crowd had moved in a Can way imagine, where yeah. it was too crowded and it was too much of a health and safety risk uh, to go in there. So mostly my job as the director consisted of having these plans, having them scuppered and then then quickly sitting down, scribbling furiously and rearranging yeah. plans and, and just you know being very adaptable i think you know to work in the harem you have to be very adaptable because yeah. you know it's like a living organism is just completely moving and, and shifting mm. and, and you know all the time it's just uh it, it, the situation there is changing um areas are getting cordoned off and opened up again yeah. walkways are cordoned off and opened up again so it was really just about being very quick on your feet just adapting to the situation and also and not just in a negative way <clears throat> because positive things would happen as well like you know we'd be filming something and suddenly we'd get a call that say hey this is happening here right by the car but we can go there now if you want to, Abra. If you want I to go see. there, we can go. I say, okay, that's really amazing. Let's go there now. So we'd actually drop our own plans because something more compelling mm. had come across or an opportunity had come to film something that was going to be very important for the film. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was really um, a bit of both then. So, so planning, yeah, yeah. Be, be very well prepared, but be prepared to go with the time, to go with the flow and, and change your plans as necessary. I think mm. that's how it worked. Yeah. Out of curiosity, like what makes a, a good director... Um, because obviously you, you hear the famous names, you hear like Spielberg, for example, mm. in in Hollywood, right? Um, these are just names you'll hear. But what would what would you say makes a good director at the end of the day? I mean, I think uh, you know, I think every director and every director's style is different. Uh, mm. Some 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 directors have a very hands-on approach. You know, a lot of directors um, that I know mm. uh, who are working directors, uh, yeah. they don't know how to operate a camera. 
Um, You know, so this is a big distinction between the self-shooting directors Mm. and the non-self-shooting directors. See, for me, I'm a I grew up with the camera. So so from when I was 10 years old, I was I was around with a camcorder. I was filming everything. You know, I loved filming. That was my first love was the camera. You Mm. know, that was the thing that I knew instinctually, like it was a toy or something. You know, it's just something that fascinated me. You know, that was my natural interest as a child. Um, So as I grew up, then I kind of developed into the directing and producing side. But the camera work always came naturally to me. Mm. But yeah, I know other directors who have no inkling of the camera or no interest in it wow. that, that all they're interested in is looking at the monitor and seeing what the shot looks uh-huh, like when it comes okay. out for me i actually want to take the shot myself as well whenever i can you know i always feel yeah, like yeah. you know uh, to explain to someone else okay i want it exactly like this like this you know it's always but sometimes easier just to grab just the cram yeah. but um you know that's not always possible on strenuous shoots because sometimes you have to just uh you know let the let the cameraman go with the vision because um you know uh, in the harem for example you, you remember those time lapses at the beginning yeah you yeah. know the, the, that selection of time lapses um they were planned from long ago we knew we was going to get and we did a lot of research on those time lapses like where the locations would be with the best location for a time lapse and then you know a lot of uh, work post-production to see okay how can we create these kind of light streaks effects that we had in there you know we did a lot of work on that in post before we even went out there we took Mm. test shots you know so when it came to the shoot now I'm gonna as a director I'm not gonna stand there for two hours to film that time lapse because you know you used to have to film it over a period of time so I'd much rather allocate one of the camera crews go there and film that you know and, yeah. and that was just how I worked it so um, I think yeah as I say every director's style is different uh, I really don't know what other director's yeah, styles yeah, are like yeah. um, you know I'm sure some people would probably look at my directing style and think hey man he, he does things in a really strange way you know yeah. but then I might look at another director's style and think oh that wouldn't work for me you know mm. but I think you know th- there's two things that every director has and, and one is really a, a a, a good a technical understanding of, of how the film is going to look at the end so the vision at the end you know yeah. so to just to have a really clear vision of what the film is going to look like um and mm. secondly just be a very good communicator just be a mm. very good because you have to talk to everyone you know you have to talk not just to your own crew but all the external uh kind of stakeholders in the film sure. you know they're all going to have a vested interest in it you know for us in the haram we had uh, you know sponsors who are there visiting the set? Mm. We had obviously the the Haramain guys who are who are always looking to see what what we were doing, and you yeah, know, yeah. we had our own crew, we had our own team. You know, there was lots of different stakeholders. Um, so just the ability to be able to communicate with everyone in a very clear mm. uh, way and to explain your vision in a very clear way, so that, you know, so everything's consistent. I think these yeah. are very important things. No, I learned something new there because with directors, I thought every director had to like every director knew how to handle the camera. I You'd be really surprised, yeah. yeah You'd be really surprised, that. yeah. So yeah. so you know when you were actually now in the haram because because you had such access that people like myself and normal people just visiting whether it's for Hajj and Umrah we wouldn't have that you go to the Mataf area um, you know you do your tawaf you do your Umrah or you, you pray your salah if, obviously if you're, if you're fortunate if you get there early you get into the actual haram yeah. uh, into the masjid um, that's kind of like the access we get if you're lucky if you get to the front row maybe you see the imam <laughs> mm. <laughs> obviously you got mm. you got an audience with Sheikh Sudeis so you managed to yeah. follow the imams around Inshallah, yeah. but, the, but, the, but, the, but the thing is like when you were actually there now that you had this kind of unrestricted access uh, were there any things that you, you might be able to share with us that uh, you would think you know what these are some really interesting facts that a lot of people won't know about the haram. Something you could give us some insight into that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there was there were so many little, yeah, little yeah. things, you know, some some things that I wouldn't share, but there there is something I can share, <laughs> okay, uh, which I, I found fascinating. To be honest, you know, when we were filming the scene with the muazzins, yeah, yeah. Uh, inside the muazzin, we met a whole host of muazzins, and we spent you know maybe about half a day filming there. Mm. And uh, you know, they have got a very good system, they're a fail proof system, so they've got a muazzin and a standby muazzin as well, and okay. then. 
next to the standby is the trainee Moazan. So so they oh, actually wow. have three Moazans there just in case something happens and they can't give sure. the Azans and make sure they never miss the Azan. Wow. Now, when we was filming with the Moazans, um, they actually did something. They were, You know, because everyone's just relaxing. We were setting up the shots and the lights and things like that. So we're just relaxing with the Moazans. And they're really comfortable with us by then. And the Moazans were actually... They, it's difficult to explain what they were doing, but they were actually doing different pitches and styles of Azan. Okay, and they were doing, you know, and he was saying something like, okay, and this is how they do it in Syria. And he was doing it like in yeah. this way. And the other Muazan was bouncing back off him going, yeah, I heard it like this and it was like this. And it was amazing. It was like hearing two, like, you know, very comfortable, yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, uh, singers or something, opera singers or something. Yeah, yeah. And just comparing different voice notes and how they could make their voices mm. sound. It was it was such an amazing experience to see that. And uh, wow. we actually did film it. And I asked them, hey, is it right to put this in the film? And they're like, no, 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 please, uh, just the Azan, okay. just the proper Azan. <laughs> so we end up not putting it in the film, but it yeah. was one of the memories that I, that I kept with me. Yeah, it was really amazing uh, to see them relaxed in that environment you know with in in the room that is facing the Kaaba you know right in front yeah, of the microphones yeah. it was really a, a great moment a, a moment that I cherished actually it's yeah. one of those moments I guess that you couldn't have planned that isn't it like, no it's just it happened yeah. on the spot very yeah, much it, so yeah it would have been nice if we actually managed to yeah, see yeah it was very uh, interesting but yeah I guess the different maqams that, that the the two maqams they were doing uh, and that was actually really interesting because even that for example like I, I didn't know there's 20, they have 20 mothers, I believe, yeah, from when I watched yeah. the film. And even seeing that room, because you always wonder mm. when you're in the haram, yeah. where, where, where on earth is the mother? Like, where are they yeah. doing the adhan from? So it's actually see that room, it's like a whole like setup, yeah. microphone there. That's something, again, like a lot of people, they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, know that. But you, you basically took us behind the scenes uh, to show us that. So yeah, there's, there's some amazing, amazing stuff uh, yeah. in that film, which is, which is crazy, alhamdulillah. So with uh, the Haram, it was a huge, huge project and alhamdulillah, you, you managed to get that done. And obviously since then, the response must have been overwhelming. I mean, I've, I've been yeah. following uh, on your social media and I could just see it, not just in the UK, it's like worldwide screenings yeah. taking alhamdulillah. place. Alhamdulillah, a lot of great feedback. What was what's kind of the main feedback that you've been receiving uh on the back of this film. You know, just a, a, another interesting story, yeah, yeah, just, just about <laughs> the, the release and the success of, of One Day in the Haram was, you know, obviously, as we mentioned, there was 20 to 30 people on the crew. Yeah, and it was yeah. a very busy time when we were filming. But you know, when we started the post-production, literally, there was just me and my editor. Okay. But we was literally locked in a room when we was editing this film. You okay. know, all the crew, had, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, had gone yeah, yeah. by then. You know, we was just on the on the hard work now, on the real yeah. kind of uh, business end of the film, you know, the nitty gritty mm. editing and, and which scenes to put in everything. Um, and, you know, we was working always really late into the night. And, you know, one of these days I was literally would turn around to him, the editor, and I'd say, SubhanAllah, we're working so hard, but I wonder is anyone actually going to even want to see this film? Because, <laughs> honestly, we had no inkling. We yeah, had no inkling. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't, you know, although I had... Um, and you know, I, had, I felt really good because I knew I was doing something really good yeah, for yeah. Islam. Um, but I had a, like a sneaky suspicion that the film was going to do really well, that yeah. a lot of people were going to be able to relate to the film. Mm. But I didn't allow myself to become confident about it. Yeah. I just kept that feeling you didn't over get there. Too carried said, away, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't want to, you know, feel. Um, you know, disappointed then if if the mm. if uh, the the Muslims around the world didn't react or didn't like the film, mm. uh, which was always a uh, you know something in the back of my mind. So, but I felt yeah like quietly confident that we are doing something important here and something that's going to resonate. Yeah. Um, so when the film came out and it started having that level of success and you know so many people responded to it and, and you know mm. were, were giving these amazing comments and, and you know the the most pleasing thing so many people for me personally were making dua for me and I, I couldn't but I was so 
grateful for that because yeah. you know it's it, you know it, it's it's one thing having support of the people you know and the people around you and I had a lot of support alhamdulillah but to have people on the other side of the world they've never met you they don't know you they have nothing vested in you and they're making genuine dua for you it's mm. just so beautiful um I was honestly touched by that and touched by the the feedback all over the world it was every time it would come it was a surprise yeah it never yeah. got uh, old for me it, it was always a surprise when another person would put a, a beautiful comment or, yeah. or, or say something you know saying bless you brother or brah for, for, for making this film it was just you know it was ultimately very very rewarding in that way I can imagine subhanAllah and yeah. you know the, the like the, the editing process you mentioned yeah. how long would that have taken then yeah it took around six months in the edit really yeah about six months in the edit wow yeah. that's a but, long time but we were really like we were really taking our time we, we didn't rush you know we knew yeah. it was important and we knew it was you know, it's kind of the thing where, you know, if you've got that level of access, you really want to give it mm. your best effort, your, your your best resource towards it. Um, and we didn't spare any kind of uh, any kind of expense on it as well. But, you know, people need to understand that when we made One Day in the Harem, it was always from the start designed to go on cinemas. We, we never saw it as something that was going to just be on TV or just going to yeah, be on, yeah. on, on Internet. We always thought this is going to be a cinematic film. And, you know, we'd, we'd shot it in that way. We'd shot it with all these beautiful wide shots, you know, the, the helicopter shots. It was designed to be seen on big screens you know mm. um so having shot it like we then had to go through a process which not many people understand because it's a technical post-production process but obviously there is a you know like grading visual effects uh you know a dolby 5.1 surround sound so just to enable the sound mm. to sound good uh on cinema speakers you know and then production of a dcp to allow it to go on cinema so so this a added like a lot of time onto the the post-production which is normal for cinema films but not normal yeah. for normal kind of productions that we'd worked on before how important do you feel it is, as in, especially in the in the Muslim scene, we could say, um, to produce work not just in the in the field that you're in, just all around, like to produce work that is of high level of quality, um, something which is even you know uh, kind of getting into the mainstream side of things, not just something which is, you know, yeah, I'll do a half job of it. You know, sometimes we have this mentality: yeah. I'll do a half job of it. Won't put too much money or time yeah. and effort into it. How 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 important do you think that is? Because obviously, you're seeing the results of you doing that now. If if you did put, you know, if you did it half-heartedly, okay, let me just cut expenses here and there and put out a film somehow. Yeah. I don't think it would have got the response that no, it, it has had, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. how important do you think that is? I mean, for me, it's the most important thing of all. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I I really feel. Uh, Islamic, uh, Islamic uh, films, yeah. uh, Islamic generally Islamic products, Islamic. They have to be of the highest quality yeah. possible. You have to do things at the highest quality possible because, I mean, what can be more important than that? Actually, you know, and and to think, um, you know, with <clears throat> mainstream, they're making productions that are in effect. They're entertainment productions, so, yeah. so they're, they're kind of frivolous in a way. But, you know, entertainment has its place. I'm not saying yeah. that, you know, I, I, I consume entertainment as well. Everyone mm. does. Uh, entertainment has its place. But, you know, films like this are on a, a kind of higher spiritual level. They're on a higher uh, level of, um, you know, importance uh, yeah. in terms of for the for the benefit of, of mankind, if you like, mm. uh, for the benefit of the world. So you're really doing something that, you know, there, there's nothing more important than that. Um, I always feel that in Islam, you know, we're always swimming against the tide so we have to swim that little bit harder you know it yeah. wasn't enough uh, for me to make a film that was just adequate on the yeah. harem you know i had to make something that was going to be outstanding because i had to get this to the attention of the world and, and as mm. you mentioned earlier to the attention of non-muslims as well it's such mm. a one day in the harem is such a 
tremendous tool for dawah you know the yeah. amount of non-muslims who've watched that and become interested in islam you mm. know it's um it's alhamdulillah so yeah i really do think uh as as muslims you know we have to we have to aim for excellence you know in everything yeah. we do and i think uh islamic uh, you know the islamic entertainment scene is shifting it mm. really is shifting from even even in the last 10 years the shift has been amazing and and one of the 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 legacy parts of one day in the haram is that it's really set a, a benchmark standard yeah. where a lot of people look and say hey if he can do that then then you know we can do something great like and you know that's one of the most pleasing things as well mm. because it's it's literally encouraged a whole new generation of muslim islamic filmmakers you know i always used to say um because you know I've been producing and directing things for ten years, so so over ten years now, and I always used to say, man, being a producer is for me is the the coolest job in the world. But yeah. you know what? What is actually cooler than being a producer or a director is being an Islamic producer or director. Mm. That is literally the coolest thing in the world. Because not only are you doing what you love, but then the benefits, the the reward you're gaining for it is just you know it's on another yeah. level because you know it's just everything's multiplied by 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 so much because so many people are watching it and benefiting exactly. and learning from it. You know, um, so yeah, I think very very important, and we must continue to to develop this. We must keep pushing this scene forward. I think this is my mission in life is to to increase the 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 level of professionalism, uh, the level of training, and the level of importance that people give to this because they yeah. should realize if you're making uh, a film that is centered on <clears throat> dawah if you're making a film that is centered around an important subject in islam you have to make that the best thing in the world it's your mm, duty you know yeah because one one word you mentioned was was excellence so yeah. this is this is the islamic teaching of ihsan yeah, in everything yeah. that we do absolutely um so whether you're a creative whether you're a student whether you're a, a teacher you, you have a profession you're, you're at work we're taught to do everything with the best of our abilities Definitely. we can't translate Hassan as perfection because obviously as mm. human beings we always have shortcomings yeah. but to try and do something to the highest level I think yeah. that's really a message all of us especially Umfid family can take home yeah. um, is that you know what if all of the Muslims actually you know really work towards Ihsan then we would see the quality of our products of our films and like you said eventually uh, and and you know essentially I guess Dawah is is the the primary goal as well because now you're able to reach out to the masses you're able to educate people and bring them closer to islam um i think that's amazing i think that's amazing to to, to be able to use films as a tool for dawah uh, which i think more people definitely need to do i don't think there's enough or, do you think there's yeah. enough like islamic films material out no, there I, I don't, don't think there is i don't think there's even enough individuals involved in this industry yeah. you know the the individuals <clears throat> who are out there making a making a career out of this you can literally count them on, on you know one hand yeah, yeah. there's not there's not a mass movement in this but if if really if people could see the the benefits of this i mean for us you know the distinction was the main distinction was getting it onto cinemas yeah that was yeah. the distinction because you know there's so much uh productions that are going onto tv and going onto onto things like youtube and mm -hmm. you know the internet that it's you know it becomes difficult to tell what are the really quality products what are the yeah. really beneficial products because there's so much there it's, Im mm. it's impossible to to see the wood from the trees in effect but when you put something on cinema it's like wow it's the first islamic film that's been on cinema yeah. since the message 35 years ago wow. so you know it's like you <laughs> it's know keep things in, yeah back. keep things in so really what i i do want to encourage and what my, my, my mission is at the moment is just to get more and more Islamic products up on, on mm. cinemas around the world where, where basically, and the mainstream has to take note of you. They can't ignore you. you know, to, yeah. I'm sure if they could ignore you, they would, you know, yeah. uh, not in a disrespectful <clears throat> way. It's just how things are, you know. Mm. Um, things are driven by the market. But we've shown with One Day in the Haram that look with a, uh, a 30 million plus uh, viewership around the world,
world with with uh, you know VOD deals and you know with cinema screenings all over the world. We've shown there is a market and that it can be done. So mm. hopefully, inshallah, I'd like to think that that one of the legacies of 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 the work is that you know other other younger filmmakers will come through now and they'll make things that are even more beautiful even yeah. more astonishing even more beneficial uh you know for the for the islamic yeah. market cuz i just feel like maybe some some even filmmakers um or creatives maybe they're not stepping into this this yeah. this market or this field because they feel like either it's more difficult or it's not maybe sometimes you might think it's doesn't there's not much money to be made it's not even profitable yeah. i feel like that it puts them off because again because not many people have done it they feel like what's the point but yeah. you know i think i think basically with what you've done you've gone you've set you've sent the inshallah the the, the benchmark there just hope hoping that more people do now feel yeah. like and they see you know what there is potential uh, because if you don't try i guess you're never going to do it right yeah and and and, uh, and you know I'm always confused, like really confused, mm. when I see Muslims who've who've made a name in the Islamic market, mm. and all their <clears> real <throat> aim is is to try and get into the mainstream. It's like, why would you want to do that? Mm. Like, why would you want to go in the mainstream when you're you're in the in the best place and gaining the maximum, you know, benefit for yourself and your work? It's like, yeah. you know, you can reach a lot more people on the mainstream, but there's always an element of of selling yeah. yourself out uh, in that way. Everyone mm. knows what I'm talking about. You know, it's just it's just how the industry is. You know, yeah. uh, people are regularly asked to sell themselves out. You know, ten years ago, after I, I made a very successful show called Model Mosque, it had a huge amount of media around the world, it was a massive success. You know, uh, and and I got offers from the mainstream to come and work on projects and when i looked at these projects like no this is not what i want to do it's certainly not the the vision of islam that i want to portray you know there were always barriers there was always things that i would have to compromise to do that um but what is happening now alhamdulillah is that we're continuing to make things for the islamic market and the mainstream is becoming interested in those mm. they they wonder wow he's you know managed to get a big audience how can we tap into this so rather than going towards them they're actually coming towards us and i think this is the what we have to encourage i don't i don't rate these kind of artists or directors who 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 are there have got the islamic market and and are just desperately trying to get into the mainstream i i, I can't understand that it's like why would you mm. why do you want to do that other than obviously people want to get paid there's natural human instincts like yeah, you know yeah. you want to get paid you want you want a bigger a fan base or a bigger following but you know for me it's always been quite easy i just uh, i'd never compromised on that thing i'm glad yeah. that you know it, it's now getting out to millions of people under our own uh you know under our own terms we're not, exactly. we're not you know we're not selling out to the mainstream <clears throat> i honestly don't think mainstream has got anything on us you know the mm. the muslim consumer market is a two trillion dollar market i mean what why do people yeah, want to yeah. go elsewhere like stay in this market develop this market you know help this market to grow you know? Yeah, that's that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. I think for a lot of people now, it make, it makes it clear. It sends a message out, like you know, we can still stick to our own principles, do things on our own exactly. terms, control the narrative, and put out some quality out there. And naturally, they'll come to us. You know, the mainstream yeah. will literally come, and and, and they'll yeah. be interested. I think that's a really good, strong message. Um, I think we've we've spoken a lot about one day in the Haram. Alhamdulillah, it was a great success. But uh, like I said at the beginning, even better news now uh, that we've heard recently. We've seen the trailer come out. Umfid, we 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 shared the trailer as well. It's yeah. out there. Uh, one night in Al Aqsa. That's that's amazing, and that it sounds amazing. Uh, obviously, it's. As it stands, it's not out yet. It will be out very, very soon. Uh, let's go to that one because now yeah. you've shifted from the haram 
gone to now, you know, Jerusalem, the first Qibla uh, for Muslims, a historic, historic place. Um, how did that come about? Was that always in the plans? Were you always thinking one day the Haram is going to be followed by this or? Yeah, again, it's like, uh, you know, when I said <clears throat> earlier, like I didn't allow myself to become confident mm. or, or, you know, allow myself to think, oh, this is going to be really successful. Yeah. Just, I just didn't. And, and with... With Alexa, it was one of those things as well. People had said it straight away. Even before we started filming mm. one day in the Haram, people say, hey, and then we can do Medina, <laughs> yeah, we can do yeah. Alexa as well. How about that? Wouldn't it be amazing? And I was like, yeah, alhamdulillah. Th these things are all down to Allah. So I yeah. never uh, think about them too much or for too long. You know, mm. when we did the, the one day in the Haram tour um, and we went all over, you know, not just in the UK, but around the world, mm. the number one question that would come was, okay, what are you doing next? Are you going to do Medina? Are you going to do Alexa? We need a film like this. Yeah. And I always say to them, you know, to, to all the people who ask me that question, well, you know, these things are all in the hands of Allah. And, and if it's written for me, then then I will do it and inshallah do it well. And, and mm. you know, inshallah do it in a way that is going to be beneficial for Islam. And if it's not, I really, I really don't mind. What people have to understand is I'm so blessed from one day in the Haram. Mm. Uh, it's a film that, you know, it really changed my life. Uh, you know, I can't ever uh, get over the amount of blessings to do with that yeah. film. So anything that comes on top now is, is just a bonus. You know, I think as we was talking earlier about the mainstream versus Islamic mm. kind of entertainment, you know, I think um, uh, really uh, we need to develop the whole scene. So it doesn't need to be me. I'm not, I'm not excited about the fact that, okay, it's me making this film. I, I just want more Islamic films to be made. Yeah. So that's like the first point. Um, but Alexa, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so here's the funny thing. Yeah. Here's a really funny story. When we made one day in the Haram and we mm. got the permission from, from <clears throat> Sheikh Sadeh, yeah, yeah. it was for the Haramain. It was for Mecca and Medina. It was meant okay. to be both. These were combined in one okay. film. Okay. Uh, so not many people know that. Um, and then what happened is I got through the planning and, and, and doing everything. And I realized there's so much in Mecca. It's too much even for one film. Mm. And also my instinct said to me that, no, Mecca deserves its own film. And Medina is another, you know, it's an amazing Islamic city that also deserves its own film. Mm. They're two different entities. They deserve, we can't combine them into one. Yeah. So when I sat around the table in the, one of the very first production meetings with all the Haramain staff and I said, um, and they said, okay, so at what point of the production are we going to go to Medina? I said, guys, we're not going to go to Medina. And, and everyone's like, what? And they yeah. were literally up in arms. They were like, how can, how can you not go to yeah, Medina? Yeah. Like, you must go. To... And I explained them my, my reasoning. And I said, look, how important Makkah is, how many stuff there is. And, and, you know, I said to them, we'll come back and we'll make Medina its own film, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and once I expressed that, everyone kind of understood that point. Yeah. And everyone got on side with that. And it was always in the pipeline that we would finish this and we'd go to Medina. So at the point that Alexa happened, we already had the pre-production started on Medina. Um, it was already, you know, we'd had the permissions directly from the Prince of Medina. We had a lot of support in Saudi for the project. Everyone was geared towards making this film. Um, but when Alexa came, I just felt it has to be Alexa first. I mm. thought it has to be Alexa first because I thought, okay, maybe we won't get the chance then to make, we might lose that opportunity. Yeah, but yeah. if there is an opportunity to make Alexa, I wanted to make Alexa because the reason for that was simple because Alexa is under threat. At the moment, mm. Al-Aqsa is one of the, 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 you know, it's the third holiest site in Islam. It's one of the most important institutions to Muslims. It's, it's mm. such a historic uh, and important place from a theological point of view for Islam. And, you know, not to document that place if I had the chance. I, I don't think I don't think anything could have, uh, you know, uh, I would never have forgiven myself if I'd missed that opportunity. Mm. So that opportunity came, it presented itself to me uh, thanks to the will of Allah. I decided, okay, let's put Medina on hold and, and let's go and do Al-Aqsa. It's just yeah. more, it just felt more important. It felt that's our calling. Like, that's what we have to do. Yeah. Um, 
and that's where we can do the most amount of benefit is by doing a film on Alexa and bringing this to the attention of the world. So that's how uh, Alexa basically started. And, you know, but it was, you know, like I say, I wouldn't say these things myself, but people around me were saying, hey, Alexa, hey, yeah, Medina, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, let's let's do these other things. But for me, it wasn't, uh, you know, I was always, um, you know, I was always under the impression that, you know, Allah has blessed me so much with one day in the Haram. I can't ask for more. It's just being, mm. it's just being greedy to, to ask for more. You know, maybe someone else deserves a chance yeah. to, to make that film and and maybe someone can make it even better than than i would make it you know in medina or in alexa but the opportunity came we we took the opportunity and, and as soon as the opportunity was there i really didn't have any doubt in my mind that that was the path that i was meant to go on so alhamdulillah and that's that's how alexa developed yeah that's amazing i mean yeah. with with alexa now it must be like from from my it must be just a complete different different film now yeah. to the haram because haram yeah. you're focused more on the the the, the goings on in the action masjid behind the scenes um but outside of the masjid there's there's not as much but now obviously in 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 al-aqsa it's 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 a historical site and it's not just for muslims but for people of other faiths as well and you've got just the whole area the whole of jerusalem is is such a historic site so it must such a blessed place so what is what are we expecting in that film that's going to be different to one day in the haram i think um you know, anyone who's been to both Makkah and Jerusalem will, mm. will know. I mean, these are two beautiful, historic, historically important cities. Mm. Jerusalem really has its own vibe. I don't think there's another place on earth like Jerusalem. You know, it's a it's a beautiful city to look at. The the brick. You know, the the funny thing is they've they've maintained Jerusalem so much. Mm better you know Makkah obviously the expansions and everything yeah, is well yeah. documented you know the expansions have come in a lot of the the, the kind of cultural historical uh, sites have gone yeah. um, but in Jerusalem they preserved everything original stonework uh, you know mm. things like this been very well preserved um, you know Jerusalem has its own vibe and obviously it's also the fact that it's under occupation you know mm. that adds a different vibe to, yeah. to Jerusalem um, there's a sadness around Jerusalem mm. and it's not you know something that people say openly or always you know people can smile or whatever that but there is a, a permeable sadness in jerusalem and you feel it you feel mm. it and, and i think this probably has come across in the film as well okay. um i think um you know jerusalem the 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 palestinian people because uh, jerusalem that film one day in the harem was just about the harem the institution i think the the one night in alexa film is about the place for sure mm. uh, but it's also about the people, the people in the police well. uh, and you know ultimately ultimately the people are a lot more important actually than than even the place i think mm. um you know somebody quoted me a very good strong hadith the other day where they said look even uh we talk about jerusalem and how important it is but even even the harem in terms of the the life of one believing worshiper is more valuable than these institutions you know mm. and so you know i that was really part of my ethos going into this i really wanted to 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 get into the psychology of the the palestinian people yeah and what they go through what they experience on a day-to-day basis so it became that but mm. you know with with one night in alexa i think it's going to be a real eye-opener for many people i don't think anyone will have seen jerusalem the way it's portrayed in one yeah. night in alexa and also just to top it off something amazing happened because you know was kind of you know with one day in the home it had this structure which was across the five prayers but you know one night in Alexa it was like okay how is this film going to differentiate itself from yeah, yeah. one day in the home mm. so I didn't want to make the same film again mm. of course I wanted to you know as a creative you always want to do something new or, or put yeah. a new new twist on it um so but alhamdulillah I credit again Allah SWT for, for for giving me you know these kind of ideas but the the idea of focusing on the night of power 
yeah. was a was a was just a, a phenomenal idea. That as soon as it came to me, then I thought, yeah, this is really the vehicle. Oh. Is going to be the Knight of Power. So with uh, one night in Alexa, it's actually the 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 theological backing of, of what happened in Alexa. Why it's so important to the Muslims. Mm. Uh, all those stories, those places, the Dome of the Rock, the Ghibli Masjid, you know, the the Baraka Mosque. All, all these different places are focused yeah. on. But during the narrative, we've got the night of power going on where 400,000 Muslims came to Al-Aqsa. Wow. And, and, and the reason this happened, because, you know, when I first went to Al-Aqsa, I went to Al-Aqsa, uh, I did the recce and everything. And it was really surprising for me how quiet Al-Aqsa was. You mm. know, the prayers, if you went to a typical Zor or Asa prayer, there was only three lines of people praying. Mm. And I was really like to my, my fixers and, and the people there, uh, you know, around me, I was like, well, but where are the crowds? Where, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm not knowledgeable. I wasn't knowledgeable about Jerusalem before I went there. Obviously, built up a great knowledge now. But you know, when I went there, I was where are the crowds? Why are there not more people here? Mm. And they said, no, you know, for this reason and that reason, it's difficult to come. They said, but Ramadan. He said, that's when you'll see the people. So I said, wow, you know. And this idea started developing then that the night of power would be a very yeah. interesting night to film at Al-Aqsa because you know we've got all these beautiful, gorgeous-looking shots of you know the buildings and everything, the the mm. architecture, you know, the design. Uh, you know, but it's all, you know, very sparse and empty. There's no real life, you know, mm. but uh, come the night of power, 400,000 Muslims descended on Al-Aqsa wow. from all sides. And it was such a, a beautiful atmosphere in there. And just to to capture that atmosphere, yeah. you know, was it was just really was the highlight of the of the whole shoot was, you know, and that's why the film ultimately got called One Night in Al-Aqsa yeah. rather than One one Day in Al-Aqsa to, to follow on to One Day in Al-Aqsa. That's why it got the title One Night in Al-Aqsa, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, because like I said, I've been to Haram five times. Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't get into uh, Palestine when I, when I got yeah. there. I was turned back. That's yeah. an, another story in and of itself. Yeah. It's a long wait. But so yeah. for me, it's like, you know, I, I feel I, for you. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I can imagine exactly how yeah. you felt on that journey. And, and a few people have, have spoke to me and they've, they've yeah. been in that same position. You know, um, uh, interesting story. Uh, mm. You know, when I first spoke to the Waqf about this, and, and like I say, they were much. It was much faster the process uh, yeah. here than, than you know the Waqf. I mean, they're used to using media, uh, you know, mm. to media to 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 get their aims and their objectives across. They're used to this thing, yeah. and they got it almost straight away. You know, straight away is okay. We understand. You know, how how, how should we progress and the, this kind of thing. Um, but I think when I said to them, okay, what's your guys' objective? What would you like out of this mm. film? Because obviously, I'm doing this to help. Alexa, you know, we want to want to portray Alexa in a way that you guys find, uh, you know, mm -hmm. acceptable and good. And he said, well, we don't we don't want anything. He said, we don't want any uh, sympathy or any money or anything like that. he said, we just want to encourage people to come and visit yeah. Alexa. And, and that from the first meeting when they said that and it got reiterated a number of times no matter mm. which shake I spoke to we always iterate the same thing you know that you know we need people to come and show solidarity with Al-Aqsa we need people to visit Al-Aqsa mm. we need people to show support to the Palestinian people by coming to Al-Aqsa you know and this became the running thread through that film so one night in yeah. Al-Aqsa really as I say uh, uh, so, some beautiful shots uh, also a very heavy focus on the on the night of power and, and showing that, that miraculous night uh, uh, in the Al-Aqsa mosque um, but also a very strong message for for Muslims around the world to mm. visit Al-Aqsa, that it is possible to visit Al-Aqsa, that it's not as, as dangerous as the media makes out. It's yeah. not any of, of those things. You can go to Al-Aqsa, and ultimately, ultimate aim of the of the film is to make Al-Aqsa so it's up there with Makkah Medina where it belongs, yeah. where it should be. Where you it know, should be. Yeah, exactly. where it should be. There should be hundreds of thousands of people coming to Al-Aqsa all the time. There's currently mm. not, but we want to make it so there is. And inshallah, my, 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 my strong wish and dua uh, for the film is that that it just increases the amount of visitors to Alexa. Inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. 
Uh, may Allah take us all back to to the Haramain and to, to Al Aqsa, inshallah. Uh, I wanted to just get some some advice from you, actually. Um, firstly, actually, let's let's speak about since you've been in the Haram uh, and you've had all of that the access, uh, mm. and also we can we can speak about Al Aqsa as well. Is especially with the Hajj season coming up, a lot yeah. of people are gearing up uh, to go uh, for Hajj uh, for the pilgrimage. Uh, any tips that you might have as someone who's now been there and you know. You've seen a lot now yeah. in the Haram. Any tips that you might want to share with the Hujjaj, the pilgrims going? I mean, just uh, if you're a Hujjaj and you, you, you're aiming for Hajj this year, uh, well, firstly, pray Allah accepts it from you, I mean, and you, you, you have a, a, a you know, a, a safe time there. Um, I would just say, just be incredibly patient. Just take your <laughs> patience with you in yeah. abundance. Uh, you will need it. Um, you know, it's a, it's going to be a, a beautiful time. And uh, also, just uh, selfishly, I'd ask any hujaj who are going to Hajj this year, <laughs> please make dua for, for me and my family as well. <laughs> the duas are always most welcome. And uh, inshallah, I pray Allah accepts it from you. I mean, I, I think it's very difficult, you know, to, to give advice on this because I feel everyone's journey is different. different. Everyone has their yeah. own experience there and uh really i i think just just really soak up that atmosphere there in the haram because mm. really you know there's just no place on earth like the haram you know yeah. it's just uh, i miss it so much mm. i my my heart aches for for makkah um just to to go there again and, and be close to the to the haram it's just a uh, the most beautiful feeling so mm. yeah so enjoy yourselves uh enjoy the time there be safe and uh yeah inshallah make dua for us as well inshallah, inshallah. i want to also get some because i mean we, we were speaking before about um you know filmmaking and we're mm. talking about the mainstream as well um so there must be a lot of people watching that are you know young creatives budding filmmakers directors uh what kind of advice would you give to anyone listening right now that might be interested or they might be doing something now you know what direction should they be heading towards yeah alhamdulillah i mean i think with our with our muslim youth you know we've got such an abundance of creativity mm. in a, in our ummah um there's such an abundance of creativity even that i see here in the yeah. uk in london you know there's incredibly talented uh, muslims around um you know all i, I would say to them just don't don't feel that you have to cross over into the mainstream, that you have to operate within that barrier to be successful, because yeah. really you don't. There is a massive Islamic market for us to operate within. Yeah. And, you know, we can work in that market. We can we can uh, provide excellence to that market. And, 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 you know, inshallah, we can encourage the mainstream to come more towards that market as well, rather than us going the other way. Mm. I, th- I think these these are really important things. And, you know, uh, but mostly also, I would just say, especially to the filmmakers who are out there, you know, uh, a lot of them ask me, oh, how 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 should we get started or what should we do? I always say just just pick up your camera even if it's just a phone pick up your camera and and and, and make something shoot something do something you know just mm. progress yourself in that and that is really the best advice because you can only learn from from having the 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 courage to to pick up something and then just say okay I want I'm passionate about this this particular topic or something you know I want to make something on this yeah. just go and do it there, there's really no other way there's no shortcuts there, yeah, there's nothing yeah. like that just just go and do it um you know inshallah um, and if there are any filmmakers out there listening you know I always say you know it's part of my my ethos to to help the the next generation of filmmakers coming through i am always open on my facebook on instagram uh, contact me for any advice if i can give you specific advice i will if i can get you onto a project i will uh, if i can help you in any way develop yourselves then i will so inshallah i mean maybe down the line somewhere not now because obviously it's, it's so very yeah, busy yeah. at the moment but somewhere down the line we will 
organize some uh, some some seminars or something yeah. for people specifically who are interested in filmmaking in producing directing camera work we'll organize something for them maybe with with Ilmfeed actually because we <laughs> we did speak about this uh, uh, before Shala. but but yeah maybe we'll organize something just you know to give people a, a head start and a little uh, intro introduction to the industry yeah, yeah inshallah that would be great that sounds yeah, amazing yeah inshallah i think i think because i think i think nowadays especially with social media it is it's easier to get yeah. your work out there as yeah, well yeah, to upload and, and put stuff out there yeah. uh, and you have a, a, an audience which is ready to watch i yeah. mean you might not you're not going to make it onto the big screens immediately yeah. but yeah. you have to start somewhere so i think yeah. honestly for a lot of creatives out there social media is a platform put yeah. your stuff out i mean absolutely. who knows i mean look at the position we're in this this muslim ummah you know um i i actually you know someone brought this to my to my attention the other yeah. day it's like we've had the haram there for the muslim ummah for 1400 years mm. and only now has an actual muslim filmmaker come and made a film documenting yeah. this this beautiful thing that is a part of, you know the key part of islam uh, you know it's only now like why has that taken so long we can't leave it so long you know yeah. there, there, there there's a hundred different films that the muslim ummah needs a hundred quality productions that it yeah. needs that's just the start so so really i would encourage like all the 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 muslim centered uh, filmmakers the creatives the producers the directors to to really you know be encouraged yeah. be encouraged because there is lots of opportunity out there there's lots of not just opportunity for baraka but opportunity for for mainstream recognition mm. as well from this Inshallah. Thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure. We could talk about haram for you know for, for hours on end. Alhamdulillah. Uh, but when can we expect to see you one night in Al-Aqsa? Yeah, Alhamdulillah. You know, one of the pleasing things is that because of the success of One Day in the Haram, a lot of doors open. I mean, look at the, the team we had in One Day in the Haram. My, even my executive producer was very inexperienced, was his first film as well. Mm. On one night in Al-Aqsa, we've actually got an executive producer who's working with us, who's actually an Oscar-nominated executive wow. producer. You know, mashallah, the, 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 the standard is getting raised again. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. And and look at the, the, the premiere also, mashallah. We're having the premiere on August the second in Leicester Square. And you know, I, I'm really, you know, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, we're 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 the first Islamic film that will ever have had a premiere at Leicester Square. Really? I mean, this is wow. these are big strides that we're making as a as a Muslim uh, creative community. Mashallah. You know, these are these, these are we're opening new doors and covering new ground. These things have never been done before. So now is the time, you know. But yeah. uh, August the second, inshallah, I, I I, I, I'll be in Leicester Square. Uh, we're going to bring Al-Aqsa to Leicester Square to London for the first time in history. And inshallah, wow. I hope to see as many of the, the Ummah there on that night as I can as well. Inshallah. And and for anyone, because of course, Alhamdulillah, Umfid family is worldwide. Um, where will where will others be able to, yeah, to catch I think, the film? Yeah, so what's happening then, uh, we'll do that premiere in Leicester yep. Square. After the premiere, there's going to be a nationwide tour in the UK, cinema tour. So Odeon, yep. View and Sydney World Cinemas up and down the country. There'll be further screenings announced through the rest of this year we're also going to organize screenings uh, in australia so we've done a deal for australia for canada for cinema screenings in canada for the canadian nice. audience um, and also for the usa um at the moment, things are very, very busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's lots of offers coming in. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I forgot to mention uh, Denmark, uh, Norway, and Sweden as well. Those inshallah. deals have already been done as well. So um, the, we'll be bringing it out uh, in stages. Uh, inshallah, we will get to to everyone wherever there's a demand. Inshallah, it's our, our duty to bring the film there. You know, because it's one thing to make a film uh, and make it beautiful and make it great and put it on cinema, but it's another really to get it out to the masses of audience yeah. who want to see it. So so as soon as these cinema runs are over, inshallah, we will be doing the broadcast deals. We'll be getting on 
as many broadcast channels as we can so we can hit uh, large numbers of audience inshallah, inshallah. so make dua for us inshallah of course we look forward to it uh, brother Brad, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast may Allah bless you and inshallah with uh, the one night on Allah to give you as much success and tawfiq as possible with this project inshallah. I mean I mean and may, may Allah bless the brothers at Elmfield as well I mean. for the fantastic work they're doing Elmfield is a, is an inspiration I think mashallah is a, is a you know a real inspiration to the inshallah. Muslim youth around the world so inshallah Allah uh, keep you and strengthen you in what you do as well inshallah thank you so much and I hope uh, our viewers and listeners I hope you all uh, enjoyed this episode getting that in-depth insight into what goes on behind the scenes in the haram and of course upcoming Al-Aqsa film be sure to check out the film inshallah when it's out uh, and of course be sure to subscribe for more podcast episodes on YouTube on iTunes we hope to be back with you very soon inshallah from your host Shabir that's all we have time for but inshallah I will see you soon stay best Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh